Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's still October. It's still 2020. I just bummed myself out. And we're still here to bring you all that pop culture and nerd news. And it's still the same three of us as always. I am Illegal86. And I am, of course, joined by my fantastic co-hosts and great friends, Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Oh, look at that. You guys both followed instructions today. Nerd Bomber has cautioned me that this episode is going to go badly. <laughs> I just want to I want to say that right up front. Uh, it's allergy she, season, man. Yeah. Oof. She's she's under the weather, so to speak. What does under the weather mean? Can we talk about that for a second? I like, mean, if you're, all, you're you're always under the weather. If you have allergies, maybe it's like you're under crappy weather because i know for me like this time of year when it gets really rainy and cloudy and there's a lot of like leaves decomposing i'm more so allergic to trees than anything else so like when they're pollinating or when they're decomposing i'm screwed so like this weather makes me under so maybe that's what it means i have no idea though i'm constantly constantly on the phone with the wambulance for her I i take my allergy medicine and my nasal spray and drink a lot of tea and that's usually how i get through it i just have raspy voice although i guess some would say that the raspy voice is more radio friendly it uh it hits me more in the spring i i have, I have seasonal allergies as well it hits me more in the spring i never take anything because i'm very stubborn i'm one of those people if i have a headache my girlfriend's like take some advil and i just look at her and i'm like no i'd rather suffer than i am the same take way, medication and i don't I, know I, I, it's a weird thing and now we're really digressing but i mean let's talk about under the weather for a second because think of what weather means we're always under it unless we're like flying in a plane or like it's that like you know that fog that like hangs really low towards the ground during spooky season those are the only two times that you're over the weather or like even level with the weather i'm gonna help you back so we could circle back to reality when you're under the weather you just need to weather the storm and move forward boom let's tell them what our show's about (laughs) yeah so you've you've already given them their takeaway their inspirational takeaway for the day so they don't even need to keep listening but in case they do we are going to talk about a number of things today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite shows has been announced for a reboot i'm very excited about that of course talking about dexter we're going to talk about this michael b jordan news with regards to static shock which is a comic book character that i don't know about but tactic is going to tell us more about that and then, of course, the trailer for Monster Hunter came out this past week. And Mila Jovovich, that's her name, she's back. She's she's done with Resident Evil, I guess. And she's decided, what's the next video game franchise that I can be involved in? And she has chosen Monster Hunter. So we'll talk about that. We'll break down that trailer. But first, I, I do want to talk about, about Dexter because I'm very... And I don't think either of you have watched Dexter. Is that... Am I correct? I have not watched Dexter. That's correct. So Dexter... For those who have not watched it, very simple premise, very brilliant premise. It's a serial killer who kills serial killers. I mean, he doesn't necessarily kill serial killers. He kills killers, right? He has this code that he goes by where he is a psychopath, basically. So he feels the need to shed blood at all times. But he reserves he reserves the time to do that, the act of doing that on people who truly deserve it is what he... That's his whole, his whole mantra, I guess. So he's a vil- um, vigilante. He's a vigilante, exactly. That's a great way to put it. This show ran for eight seasons. Uh, It was on Showtime. Back in, had to be the early 2000s, probably the mid-2000s up through like 2012, 2013. I actually don't know off the top of my head. Ran for eight seasons. And then the season eight finale, I won't get into the spoilers here in case anyone wants to rewatch it or watch it before the reboot starts. It is typically hailed as one of the worst endings of any show like it's one of the, you ever read listicles that are like what show ended the worst everyone's like game of thrones 
Dexter. It's like stuff like that. Dexter ended terribly. As someone who was a, a huge fan of the show, I can admit wholeheartedly it had a terrible ending. Again, I won't get into the spoilers associated with it, but it had a terrible ending. And pretty much since it's ended, kind of for that reason, you know, I, I've seen people saying bring Game of Thrones back and just redo season eight. And, and that show like just ended. And granted, that's not the situation here with Dexter. With Dexter, they are actually bringing it back as a continuation from where Dexter left off at the end of season eight. So I guess that in itself is kind of a spoiler. He's not He's not dead. Obviously, they couldn't bring it back if he was dead. I heard that they but, were going to pick up like several years after it ended. So it won't be like right when right. The, the show ended. It won't like immediately continue, but it'll be like a future look at what's going on now. Right. So it actually... My understanding is that it's going to actually be chronologically accurate in the sense that Dexter ran from 2006 to 2013. I do have that information in front of me now. And they're looking at having it set eight years in the future. So presumably a lot has happened to Dexter by that point. Again, I can't get into the details of where you left him, but we'll have a lot to catch up on. Uh, We'll have a lot to, I guess, a lot of things to reacquaint ourselves with in terms of the character. Uh, He's one of my favorite characters in television ever. I mean, this is mostly just me gushing right now but season four of dexter is peak television for like if you let me ask you guys this what's the best season of dramatic television not comedy dramatic television you've ever watched because Does, like me, a dramedy it, honestly, count? My, on a case-by-case basis I'll, I'll i know you're gonna say chuck i know you're gonna say chuck <laughs> i would probably count chuck I, yeah i knew you were gonna say i was chuck. gonna say breaking bad if we're talking dramas that like are yeah. really captivating Breaking Bad is a common answer. Breaking Bad is definitely in my top five. I think that was also season four. The season with with Gus Fring um, was the best season. But season four of Dexter is, oh man, this was a show that I binged in college. College is the best time to binge anything, by the way. I don't I mean, I don't want to dist- distract people from their studies. But I mean, I would kind of disagree, though. During a pandemic, that's always bring that into okay. it. But like, yeah. I've binged also a true. lot. Relax, I you're going to get us homework. We're going to walk away having to watch Dexter. I think Dexter actually is on Netflix too. It has been for the longest time. It would be one of those situations where they like just took it off if it's not there anymore. Great show for spooky season also, by the way. I mean, it's about serial killers. It's, you know, at times gruesome, at times eerie at the very least. Uh, You know, this is a guy who talks very casually about killing people. Uh, He works as a blood, as a forensic analyst, uh, blood spatter analyst for the Miami Police Department. So he's like working on the inside he has a sister who is a police officer who doesn't know that he's a serial killer. It's just like, it's ah, it's so good. I could not be more excited about this. They're bringing back the original showrunner who was actually the showrunner and executive producer of seasons one through four and left at season five. And that's where things started to go downhill for the show. Uh, kind of like an Aaron Sorkin West Wing situation if you're also a West Wing fan. Uh, but that guy is coming back. You know, it, it's, what people at Showtime are saying, what, what I think the president of Showtime is saying is basically we've wanted for a long time to bring this back, but we didn't have the right story for it. And now we do. And uh, it's coming back. Of course, Michael C. Hall is coming back for it. I mean, I think this kind of follows a trend and we've seen, because this came out, the Dexter premiere, it was like, what, the mid 2000s, something like that, 2006 to 2013. And we've seen a lot of shows from the late 90s and mid 2000s kind of have a little bit of a reboot. Like we've seen Veronica Mars got, a movie right and another season both almost i want to say um we saw psych obviously made a comeback with peacock and there's another show that's on the tip of my tongue that also got a comeback season so i feel like it's kind of a trend where people are looking back at these shows very fondly and maybe they didn't end exactly the way that they wanted or there's still more juice left to squeeze and they just either 
didn't get renewed or they didn't have the actors all together and they had different conflicts so they had to wrap the show up so it'll be interesting because I don't I don't think this is the only show that we're going to see have some sort of revival I know even like the cast of Community they've been talking about doing a movie finally eventually and so six seasons in a movie that's a great show yeah there's I feel like there's a a slew of revivals on the horizon so this might be the first domino to really fall before we see the onslaught of them well so and and another recent bullet point I I think what you might have been reaching for because I think last week we talked about covering it or we at least mentioned it in passing when we were going through our planning the west wing just had a, and granted that was right, a right, one-off right. revival but that was a show that again i think that premiered in like 98 or 99 but it ran well into the 2000s uh that was a i'll, I'll talk about that in my update uh for the week but that was great and i i, I do agree i think i mean this is this also started back with like you know fuller house and stuff too where like companies i shouldn't say companies broadcast companies are are realizing that there's a real place for nostalgia in terms of creating programming that, you know, coming up with new ideas is often probably a lot harder than saying, let's get this cast back together. And even if we get a season out of it, you know, people will show up and they will watch because they love these characters that we, you know, we did something right before. So I'm obviously super into this. Now they just I, need to get Chuck to get either a movie or another season. Cause I've been waiting. They keep talking about it and they keep teasing me give me another season well so i, I was gonna and you kind of segued into i was gonna ask i mean i know this piece of news to be quite frank is is really for me because i'm just i'm so excited about this show and this is one of my favorite shows but to ask the two of you tectic and nerd bomber tectic you've been you've been brooding over there i can i can feel it if you could bring back one show uh for one more season you know uh what show would it be and i, I know again the common thing even though it's so recent I've heard so much bring back Game of Thrones and that in that case it's to fix it. I'm not saying to fix it. I'm saying bring it back to get another taste, e- either a chronologically accurate one or just, okay, right from, right from the fade out of the last episode, we come and we fade back in and it's right where we left them. Either of those would work for me. I, Nerd Bomber, I assume you're going to say Chuck, you're going to stick with that. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that is the show that I've watched many, many times at this point. And every time I finish watching it, I'm like, you know, I appreciate the way that the show ended. It it took me a little bit to kind of appreciate it. I was very salty about the way the show ended at first, but like there's some artistic intent there. But now I I just want a continuation. And for me, at least, I feel like the cast of Chuck talks about it enough where I feel just like strung along at this point. There have been petitions and they're always like, oh, yeah, we're like, this is definitely something we're going to be interested in. We just need to find the right time for everyone to come together and do this. Just like, well, come together and do it already. (laughs) So they just had the table read. Actually, it was a few months ago. They did a virtual table read of one of the episodes and just the cast chemistry is still there. And the show, I think, would really because what i really liked about chuck and i I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here because i know i have talked about this at length in the past but it was drama to a degree but also very lighthearted. and i think at the heart of it it had a really good message about family values at the end of the day and like what it means to be a good person and stuff like that and that's that i feel like that's the kind of show that people need right now that's the kind of show that people want I feel like mm-hmm. so yeah. I think it would be a, a perfect time to revive it so if any of you Chuck fans slash actors are out there please just bring it back one season that's all I want do Chuck fans have any like you know how like 
Beyonce fans are called the Beehive and stuff. Like, do Chuck fans have a name? Like, are they just called? Are they called like the Chucksters or something? I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, they're the of... Chucksters living oh, in the really? land of Bymoria. I did not know. Wait, did I actually get it, or are you? Are you? No, no, that's that's a hundred percent correct. Correct. Oh, yeah. wow. All right. Well, Tactic, you've been you've been quiet. You can bring back any show for for one season, a one off. It could so, be Ren and Stimpy for all I care. There's a reason I was quiet, and that's because. I always get nervous when shows are brought back for either some weird spinoff or to continue on a season because there's a reason that this nostalgia is so cherished because it just was good the way it was and does not need to be touched. Similar to like, say, Friends, where they can just replay the episodes and tons of people are watching. It's just a good quality show. Don't change it. Don't add to it. But if I had to pick something to be, quote, rebooted... I'm going to go with the live action remake from my childhood and I'm going to say it, Danny Phantom. It's, I was singing it literally before we got on this podcast and it was a great show and it would do great as a live action show. He did ask Nerd Bomber and myself if either of us knew the theme song. The answer was no for both of us. Uh, Bumps, folks, it bumps. It it uh you heard it here first it bumps you know uh, i remember you, a lot of nickelodeon show theme songs like i remember chalk zone and cat dog and angry beavers and spongebob obviously but like i don't know why danny phantom really nothing about that show stands out to me except that he had white hair when he turned into a phantom let me hit you with this a different kind of banger i suspect from the danny phantom theme song as told by ginger did you guys watch as oh told by yeah ginger? that was such macy a good gray show. Macy Gray did the theme song for that. What a classic. A plus You guys are lame. Actually, did you watch The Weekenders too at all? That, that was, was on Disney. a different channel. Yeah, that was Disney, yeah. not Nickelodeon, but still like the same vein. Boy. As told by Ginger and The Weekenders felt like slice of life for preteens. You know, there was nothing like super yeah. crazy about it. It was just like kids hanging out, kind of like recess almost. Well, and like, I don't remember, but I'm sure Ginger liked boys because that's, you know, and she told us about it. She literally told us. It was, we were hearing things as told by Ginger. That was the whole show. It was basically um, animated Lizzie McGuire. Right, exactly. Which, incidentally, Lizzie McGuire had an, an animated counterpart. That's right. Which was interesting. In any case, Tactic, you make a great point, I think. I mean, I'm obviously excited as a super fan of the show, but some things should stay dead. And, like, I do think we've actually seen some shows in an interesting Not stay way. dead, stay as is. Like I said, well, okay. these great shows are are going to be replayed forever. Stay alive as ghosts. I don't really know what, what the metaphor is, but when you think about shows like uh, what Scrubs tried to do, Scrubs tried to jump, and granted, this wasn't a reboot or revival or anything. It was it all happened pretty contiguously, I think, but they ended their show, and then the, it, it tried to jump networks and and re, essentially recast the main characters in, in mentor roles to younger characters, and it just completely didn't work. And, and I think to a certain extent... The last season of Parks and Rec struggled for similar reasons in that it time jumped to like, I don't know, seven years in the future. So I don't remember exactly how long it was, but they did that and things got weird because they started making a lot of referential jokes to things that they wished would happen, I guess. And I, I wasn't the big, as a fan of Parks and Rec, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but what rebooting, I didn't, I didn't care for it. You, you liked it. You loved it. Wait, are you saying you weren't the biggest fan of Parks and Rec or the biggest fan of no, that season? No, season. Okay. Se- that season. I love Parks and Rec. I was I'm, going to I'm say, we can't be friends anymore. Like, you have to get out. 
Love but, Parks okay. and Rec. Uh, Chris Traeger is literally one of the best characters in any mockumentary style show. But but yeah, I, I think it's rebooting shows like this. And granted, those are kind of different examples. But rebooting shows in the way that they're looking to to reboot Dexter, it's a delicate thing. But what what the messaging is from Showtime at this point is we were waiting for a good idea and we have one. And that, that gives me confidence because you can't just bring it back. You need a reason. And I, and I think they always knew that. I think the showrunner knew that. I think Michael C. Hall knew that. I think the network knew that. You know, just the, the ending being crappy isn't a good enough reason. And it sounds like they've found a good enough reason. And I have, I have faith in that. But we'll see what happens. We want to see, we want to hear from all of our listeners who are Dexter fans or not Dexter fans. Just who wants to talk about reboots on the Twitter sphere. We're doing a call out to the social meds. We have at Online Warriors One, our main show account. We have at OW Legal86, that's me, of course, at OW Tactic, which is Tactic, and at OW Nerd Bomber, which is also Tactic. Just kidding. It's ner- it's Nerd Bomber. Wouldn't that be great though if Tactic just ran both of those accounts? He might what if he ran all three of the accounts and just role played as as each of us? I wouldn't do that. You you will do it because we're gonna start a, an experiment. And it's it's kind of being ruined by me announcing it on the air, but I want to see if you ran our Twitter, all three of our Twitters for a week, if anyone would notice and be like, "Hey, this is not Nerd Bomber. This is a totally tactic thing to say," and you know, call you out on it. I feel um, like he would just go on my account though and say, "Wiener, wiener, wiener, wiener." No, I just talk about how handsome Tactic is. I think Tactic's sense of humor is less wiener, 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 and more dad joke pun, like a dad joke pun love child. Uh, don't get me wrong. We Isn't a dad joke a pun? But... So wouldn't it just be dad joke? I don't think dad jokes are always puns. But now we're really digressing. Anyways, hit us up on the social media. That's that's the whole point of what I started trying to say. And now we will talk a little bit less about Tactic Sense of Humor and a little bit more about Static Shock, which I will turn it over to Tactic as our, I would say, our resident DC Comics expert. The news this week from Warner Brothers is that they're working on a Static Shock flick. And not only are they working on one, they announced on Friday that Michael B. Jordan will be producing or starring in or both. I'm actually not clear. It just said what producing. I have in front of me is producing. It, it hasn't announced yeah. that he's starring in it. So, But it's like a Tom Cruise situation, probably. Yeah, that, that, that's my my gut feel with it. But either way, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I mean, knowing knowing nothing about the character, and I'm sure you can give us the rundown here, but knowing nothing about the character, I would ask you... Is, do you see Michael B. Jordan as, let me make sure I get the name right, a Virgil Hawkins, which is the coolest name ever, by the way. So I'd like them to do a young Virgil Hawkins when he just gets his powers, basically a reboot of the cartoon, not when he's like the age that Michael B. Jordan is. I think he might be too old for that, but it might work. But the reason why I'm particularly excited, well, first and foremost, if you don't know who Static Shock is, basically he's a kid in a town that this explosion goes off and it gives a lot of the people in the town extraordinary abilities and ba- and he got static shock ability it's pretty straightforward from there but was so what's so good about this character and specifically in my experience the cartoon that i grew up with is the lessons that it taught people it, it wasn't just a superhero show it it taught people about bullying and and how what its effects can be it it, it taught people about feeling ostracized and to like embrace who you are and, and have hobbies and and love yourself and it even t- it even touched on racism like it touched on all these different things and it was just such a well-developed show that on saturday morning cartoons i learned a lesson guys that's incredible so i mi- what and i'm googling now this was on the wb yep. which 
I was not a WB child. It obviously sounds like you were. I missed this completely. I don't, I don't know anything about this character. It. Uh, tell me about his... I mean, I feel like his powers are pretty self-explanatory. He's just an electro boy. Is that... I mean, yeah, basically, is that right? he he can use both static discharge as well as static attraction. So he like hovers around on this cool board, so he can kind of fly using leveraging basically electronic pulses. And it's really cool power, really powerful person. And um, but it's not so much that I want to focus on the power and more what the show stood for and the things that it accomplished. And if they can recreate that, that's exciting. And beyond that. Even the bad guys had character development and became good guys. There was just tons of relationships, tons of potential within that city, Detroit, that it's just, it's bound to be successful, in my opinion. So I want to go back. I, you said you didn't want to focus on the powers, and I, that's a point well taken. But I have to go back to the static, static electricity thing. Does he have to like move his feet back and forth on a rug really quick? No, he doesn't. Touch a doorknob? to get that happens to you guys right i mean it happens to everybody that's how electricity works but he always has a uh, basically a field of electricity around him at all times and you said it it allows him to even levitate that's what i'm hearing using Uh, his board that's pretty sweet i mean i will also say detroit like when you think about this is this is data that i want that i don't have when you map out all of all of the superheroes that exist in comic book media i mean of course there are fictional cities like gotham but spider-man's in new york city there's got to be somebody in chicago detroit's a relatively underrepresented city in terms of comic books is it not yeah i mean when you think about a lot of like outside of new york and like major towns in california or something like that for the most part superheroes tend to make up their own cities like if you if you look at metropolis or gotham like they usually just slap a fake name on a city so I think Detroit is really interesting because, I mean, even just looking at real life Detroit, I mean, I think what has got one of the highest crime rates, whether that's true or false, I have no idea. But I feel like that was true at some point. And the show focused on things like that, how how there were people who already had a life of crime now, and, and I guess it's no different than Gotham, now have these extraordinary abilities. And it's just oh, such a good show. I can I can just gush about it. I am really excited about the choice for Michael B. Jordan to produce this because I feel like, I mean, we've already seen him in the superhero realm. He played... Uh, Killmonger. He played Killmonger, but he was also Johnny Storm. He was Storm. the Human Torch. Human, yeah. human oh, yeah. Torch. So he's already had a role in the superhero realm. And so it'll be interesting to see what he can do from the other side of the camera. And I feel like he is really in touch with a lot of the social issues that are going on today. I mean, he was in Just Mercy recently, and I thought that was a really great film that shed light on a lot of... Meant to watch that. Terrible social issues. It was really good. It was actually... It was free on streaming services across the board a while back so definitely recommend if you have the chance to catch that movie and i feel like he's just very in touch and especially too like he's a younger actor it's not like some old guy trying to make this hip young superhero kid in touch with a young audience like i feel like he'll do a good job in bringing the superhero to life and really having a a good pulse on social issues that need to be addressed with the show and the best part about the show too was his best friend 
was an avid tinkerer and made all sorts of gadgets. That was really cool. That's you, man. That's me. I'm you. I'm Virgil's best friend. But in you, it, but in, a, in an ideal world, you would be the hero and not the sidekick in a comic book. No, I'd be the sidekick in this instance. I'd I'd love to hang out with Static Shock all day. So I've done some research in the interim as as you both were speaking. There are a lot of actual cities that exist in the DC universe, and I'm specific to the DC universe at this point. But did you guys know that Wonder Woman had a had Boston as her home base for a while? Tactic, I assume you probably knew that. I had no idea. I didn't know that either, to be honest. Um, I thought Doom that was Patrol. touched on in the movie. I think it was. I think I, I think the gold dome of the state house, I think they showed it in the movie at one point. Doom Patrol, which we, we just interviewed. Stephanie Chukowski, yeah. Hammerhead. Stephanie Chukowski. They're actually in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, so there, there's actually a lot of cities. And, and as I said, Detroit. Well, so Cyborg is from Detroit. Uh, John Stewart. Uh, these are people I don't know. I'm just listing them now. Firestorm, Vixen. Simon Green Baz? Lantern is John Baz? Stewart. Um, speaking of Green, Seattle is apparently the home base of Green Arrow. So th- there's there's a lot of fictional cities, of course, but there are also actual cities through which comic book characters are, are fairly scattered. Uh, th- that's all. That's just DC. I don't have the Marvel data in front of me, but I'm just. I would be curious to see. I guess graphically. Where are the hot zones for superheroes and what, what cities are in need of superhero depictions? I'd be curious about that. But um, I'm a Michael B. Jordan fan. To, to, to get back to the, to the crux of the matter, this can only be seen as good news to people like you, Tactic, who are fans of, of this show and also to people who are fans of uh, Michael B. Jordan. I mean, obviously, Fantastic Four didn't work out, but he was great as Killmonger. And to, I to don't necessarily that, put what happened with Fantastic Four at the feet of any of the actors. I feel like the story was just kind of subpar <laughs> yeah I you can only do so much as an actor with a subpar story you guys saw that yeah i mean we i think we see pretty much every major superhero release pretty close to when it comes out yeah i, I do love i mean obviously there's a lot of things surrounding black panther too you know but like at the time of watching black panther i was upset i mean obviously and this is a kind of a spoiler but at this point if you didn't see black panther you're not going to killmonger had to die but i was still sad to see it because he was such a great character and he was so well portrayed I can only hope that Michael B. Jordan will bring the same, obviously not the same kind of villainy, but the same kind of of passion to Static Shock. But we will see. As far as I know, there's no release date tacked onto this yet. This is more just a reassurance in the form of of star power, you know, tacked onto it that this is this is happening. So get hyped, WB Saturday cartoon lineup fans. I never did the Saturday cartoon thing, but that's that's a that's a really topic. It's a topic for another time. No, I'd not really. I mean, I guess maybe Nickelodeon would, if it happened at all, it was on Nickelodeon, but I think on Saturday mornings, I was probably playing video games, thinking about my my younger self. In any case, we're going to take a short break now, but before we do, of course, it is that time of the episode. We need to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer and friend, Mr. Ben Checkness. Ben, here's looking at you, kid. You've been supporting us for quite a while now, and we really appreciate it, and uh, we would encourage any of our listeners to be like Ben. I was going to say BLB, but that's very, very vague as an acronym. So I'll just say be like Ben. Instead, I'll say the full thing. Uh, Ben supports us on Patreon and he supports us at the night level, which is the highest of our three levels. Uh, And as a result, he gets this producer shout out. He gets input into our weekly game segment. And he also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And he's going to be coming on the show again at some point as part of his, I think, quarterly appearances on the show so something for all of us to look forward to so you want to be like ben you want to hit us up at the night level but if you don't quite feel like doing that you can also hit us up at the squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog or you can be a page if your name is page you could be a page so a lot of people are named page out there 
maybe you want a Patreon level named after you and, and we've figured that out for you. Uh, pages get access to the monthly secret segment. So for all the details on all of these levels and how to support us, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. We would appreciate any support. We love doing this. Hopefully you love listening and uh, we'll thank Ben for now and we'll head to the break. But when we get back, we will be talking about monster hunter. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, Go ahead and like our page on Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. All right, we're back to talk about Monster Hunter. Now, we got an official trailer for Monster Hunter. This was last week, or it might have even been a little bit longer ago than last week. Looks like it was six days ago, according to YouTube, at the time of this recording. But but I have not played Monster Hunter, and I'm not sure if, if either of you guys have, but I will say I had a specific idea of what Monster Hunter was, and it is not what was in this trailer. Am I, did that opinion strike either of you as well? So I played it, and... You've played it, okay. So yes. I defer to you. Go ahead. Boy, is that game challenging. Um, it sort of it had what is in Monster Hunter, but not the vibe that I got. So you're not this soldier that got teleported into this world. You're already in this world right. fighting as your own militia, so to speak. So that side of it's different, but the side of it where we saw a number of monsters and, and a number of weapons that were seemingly created from parts of Slade monsters, that's absolutely in the game. And that, that's what I found exciting. I actually recognized a few of the creatures that I <laughs> took down myself. Oh, gosh. But the thing that excited me the most, like I said, and the the detail taken from it was the weapons that we saw that, again, are taken from these creatures. But are there are there guns? That, like, that, that's what threw me. Because I, I see the big swords and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's my idea of Monster Hunter is you're fighting a monster with a sword or maybe a bow and arrow or like uh, some kind of mi- medievalish weapon. But these guys and girls are marines are soldiers of some kind who get teleported back so they're like especially in the early going they're like firing rocket launchers at these things is that that was yeah but if you notice they weren't effective what was effective was when you saw the the weapons made from the monsters right because those have Um, elemental effects and things like that so so yeah like i said i have not played this game this struck me as in a battleship kind of thing remember battleship remember that movie battleship that came out that, yeah like no one no one saw it it wasn't very good i mean obviously they I made Monster a sequel does better than that they didn't they a make sequel a sequel to battleship i thought they did i would be absolutely shocked that movie completely bombed rihanna was in it maybe it was like one of those movies like a parody that makes fun of how bad it was could have been i mean i would imagine there's more i mean the the premise of battleship as a movie is terrible right because it's there's no story of the game Battleship. You're just playing Battleship. Monster Hunter presumably has a story and it has a deeper world to draw from. 
but I, th- well, I think I think the big connection the the one I made was okay. You have the military and like aliens or like some kind of cosmic thing happens, and that was the where the parallel came in for me. But I mean, it certainly looks cool. It certainly looks like it could be good. I mean, again, we've talked about many times before. We're in a in a world now where Sonic showed us that video game movies can succeed. So this won't be the last adaptation we see. For me, so. The military part threw me off completely because I, I haven't played Monster Hunter, but I watched Tectic play Monster Hunter and I always mean to. And so I've watched a lot of gameplay clips and like you guys said, this looks nothing like the game in terms of all of the, the crazy tanks and military gear. But I think what they're trying to go for and it might succeed is having like a crossover audience because, yeah, there's a lot of people who will go see this because they've played Monster Hunter games and they want to go see the movie or the game translated to the big screen. But if you don't know anything about video games and Monster Hunter, while it's like well known in gaming enthusiast circles, I feel like your regular casual gamers don't really know anything about it for the most part. I mean, it's not like your top tier. It's not like a Fortnite or something like that where everybody knows what it is. So if you want to have that widespread appeal, they probably threw that stuff in because now if you don't know anything about video games, if you don't know anything about Monster Hunter, it just kind of looks like an action game. And I mean, we saw World of Warcraft. I think it didn't do very well because... I mean, everyone knows what World of Warcraft is, so I think there might have been some barrier to entry there. If you didn't play it, you felt like you weren't going to understand the movie. But it also, it was so fantastical. And for whatever reason, it didn't have that widespread draw like something like Lord of the Rings would have. I think people just wrote it off as like another video game movie. Whereas this one, people may not know that it's based off a video game at all. And some of the actors are recognizable. Obviously, you don't have a lot of like A-list actors. They're all kind of like B-list actors actors here but i think ti is in this right ti tony tony ja mila jovovich are i mean people might see just the the general military action violence sort of aspect to it and be like oh this this looks pretty cool so i think i think it's smart but as someone who actually knows what monster hunter is i I really hope they don't lean too heavily into it but i feel like they're going to because that's what all of your main actors are part of i could tell you right now it's gonna piss me off because every single battle is a grind i mean there's no health bar you're just hitting 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 hoping this is the last hit and it never is and so what what I feel like I'm going to see is she comes in, she hacks and slashes, and three hits later, takes down this huge monster. And I'm just like, yeah, right. nah. That's kind of how movies work. I, I mean, I think, so never mind, I think you're right. I think they're, they're probably catering to a generic action audience. And I would, I would even further hone that into what I will call the oorah audience of like, I think people are going to see, ah, oh, they're soldiers and they're fighting big aliens. Yeah, man, they're going to go see it. And I think that's just fine to be clear. But I do think, I think it's interesting what you're saying, Tactic. Now my my exposure to Monster Hunter, again, I haven't played it, but I had a roommate in college. Shout out to Matt. Don't think he's listening. But uh, he got Monster Hunter Try, which is uh, some Monster Hunter game for the Wii U. I think in my junior year and his senior year of college. And he... My dorm had this setup where it was actually an apartment with a shared common area, like a kitchen, living room, and we all had our own bedrooms. But to walk to my bedroom, I had to walk by his bedroom, and he more often than not had his door open. And I think for an entire semester, I did not see him move from the chair that he played Monster Hunter Try in. I mean, it was honestly impressive. I don't even know if he went to the bathroom. So this game can clearly be be engrossing. I don't know. I'm. I could see it being good. I could certainly see. I, Tactic, it sounds like you think it's going to be bad. I feel like it's going to be really campy. 
it's yeah. it's gonna be bad because like, exactly I, I couldn't agree with nerd bomber more it, it's gonna give me the same battleship vibes yeah i could certainly see that happening i mean every movie tries to be a franchise now too which scares me for something like this Mila Jovovich, though, I mean, I think I mentioned this before, but let's just take a moment. She has been a part of the Resident Evil franchise for probably decades now, right? And hasn't done a whole lot else that I know of. And now she's like, all right, that one's dead. Next video game franchise. Let's see what I can do with this one. That's kind of cool. At least to me, it's, it's kind of cool. And I know Monster Hunter is on a bit of an upswing right now because I think there was a recent Nintendo Direct where they revealed the next Monster Hunter and people are very excited about it. So we'll be on the lookout. I don't know if we have, I'm sure we do have a release date for this. I just don't know what it is. This is from Sony Pictures Entertainment and the release date, December 30th, 2020 is when this is due to hit theaters. So be on the lookout for that. Ron Perlman's also in this. I feel like we should mention that, <laughs> mention that in passing. Was he in Run the trailer around. at all? I don't think so, but I just, I Googled it in the cast and he's the Admiral, which sounds like an important role. So be on the lookout for Hellboy in this movie. So yeah, we'll we'll move on from this for right now, but be on the lookout for Mon- Monster Hunter coming soon. And by soon, I mean December 30th. So we are now at the point in the show where it's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday? Time for us to talk about what we've been up to for the past week. And I'm actually going to go first today because I have a couple of things to run down. A movie recommendation, a show recommendation are the two main things. Uh, so the movie recommendation is The Trial of the Chicago 7. This is a movie that's available for free right now on Netflix. It came out last Friday. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Now, I mentioned Aaron Sorkin before. I'm a huge West Wing fan. I love his writing. He also wrote The Social Network, if you've seen that movie. Huge fan of his. Uh, He also wrote A Few Good Men, which is an Academy Award-winning movie. This movie is a courtroom drama based on actual events that happened in the 1960s and, as you can imagine, are very culturally relevant today. So I would recommend it to anyone who likes period pieces and also like courtroom dramas i didn't love molly's game which was aaron sorkin's other directing effort uh, but i like this one way more and it's free as netflix movies go in my opinion it's above the cut which i think we typically say on this show is mediocre i think this is above mediocre for sure staying on netflix for the show the haunting of bly manor guys I, i might be a little bit late on this one but my girlfriend and I are blasting through this one right now. Uh, it's an easy binge, nine episodes. We didn't love Haunting of Hill House, actually, but we're liking Haunting of Bly Manor quite a bit more. We'll probably finish that in the next day or so, at which point we will move on to the latest set of Unsolved Mysteries, which also just came out yesterday. So busy TV time for us, which I, I certainly don't hate that. Yeah, that's the summary of things of things for me. I'll, I'll turn it over to Nerd Bomber to take us away next. All right, so... Two things that I wanted to discuss. Uh, the first one was we watched Love and Monsters, which was a movie that just came out actually this Dylan weekend. O'Brien. Yes. And it, it had a hefty price point, actually, like a lot of these home premieres do now. It was 20 bucks. But I had heard a lot of good things and we were looking for something to watch that wasn't a horror movie. And a lot of the stuff that's been coming out lately for a lot of the streaming channels has, have been like horror movies and I just wasn't in the mood for that. So we rented Love and Monsters and I will say it was actually really good. I went in expecting like a combination of Zombieland with some kind of monster movie and that is pretty much exactly what I got. Evolution is the monster movie you're looking for. I'm telling you. Isn't it also kind of rom com Um, eh, not really like it's kind of like you know how in Zombieland there is that like underlying romantic subplot but like it's it's a reason to be but it doesn't drive the entire movie if that makes sense 
Like it gives Isn't him the, the reason that yeah, he has to like go and find his girlfriend that he said they would be together and then, well, the, and then that, the it's like that's happens. the setup for the movie, but a lot of the movie is really just how he grows and how he learns to survive. And there's actually a lot of like he finds a dog along the way, he hooks up with two other travelers, and by hook up I mean like he finds and travels yeah. with for a little bit not Def- definitely clarify that yeah. yeah but like michael rooker is in it and michael rooker basically plays the tallahassee tallahassee yeah yeah he definitely plays like the tallahassee type character in this movie and it, it's just it's a fun movie it's like a, a nice little finding yourself and learning to like trust your inner instincts and go out and strive for adventure type movie and i really enjoyed it i thought it was very lighthearted. Like there was some fun action sequences. The humor was right up my alley. So I would definitely recommend. I don't know if I would necessarily spend $20 for it, but I also like to support movies. So that's the thing. So I would definitely recommend though. If you liked stuff like Zombieland, definitely check it out. Cause yeah, the humor and stuff was right up my alley. I was a little bit disappointed that Michael Rooker didn't have as big of a part of the movie, but like, I don't want to get into spoilers, but he could have been in it a little bit more, but that's just my I find myself liking Dylan O'Brien a lot, even though I've only seen him in one movie and it was like a very average movie. (laughs) I just like him. I just like his face and just the way he is, you know? I think I've actually give him a lot of commendation because I know, I think the last role that he did before this movie was the last Maze Runner movie. And if I remember correctly, he got into a really bad accident on set. And I know one of the headlines surrounding this movie was that he was actually like, he didn't know whether he would ever want to do another movie again because it kind of shook him up a little bit and he didn't know if he could trust doing stunt work and stuff. So even for that reason alone, supporting an actor kind of jumping back in the saddle and doing his thing, I think it's another good reason to see this movie because he was very good in it. I think he was a very likable character. So did a good job at that. And then the other thing that I've been doing is continuing to play Doom Eternal. And I will say I did have to turn down the difficulty finally in a couple levels because I was just grinding at the same portion of the game and I was out of ammo. So every time it would like I would die and it would reload me back to having no ammo and no gasoline to get more ammo by chopping up demons. And it was just very frustrating. So I turned... It's very brave of you to admit yeah. turning the difficulty level down in a podcast, by the way. You know, there is nothing wrong. And I firmly I believe this. It. There is nothing wrong with turning the difficulty level down because at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not an esport athlete. Like, I'm here to play fun. Blah, blah, blah. You're here, here to play fun. I'm here to play okay. fun. Okay. <laughs> and we all are. We all should be. I think. Yeah. Like, I I have nobody watching me play this game. It's purely for my own enjoyment. And so, like, I can talk about it here, but, like, mostly for my own enjoyment. So, when I found myself getting really frustrated and wanting to just, like, rage quit instead of rage quitting, I just turned the difficulty down. And then when I got to the next level, I turned it back up. And you know what? It was fine. And I didn't even lose an achievement because there's no level-based achievements in the game. So, it's all good. But, I mean, it's fun. It's Longer than the first game, definitely. I feel like when I was playing the first Doom 2016, I was done by this point. And I am not done yet. I feel like I still have a decent chunk of game left to go. And I think I've... I haven't doubled the time that I've spent with the first Doom, but I think I'm right about at the the length that I played Doom 2016. And I know I have like at least another five levels left to go. So... I don't know if it's overstaying its welcome at this point. I think I had just set my expectations for a shorter game, but like it's in terms of gameplay, it's almost flawless. I know I talked about this a little bit last week, but like the gameplay aspect itself is pretty much flawless. I'm enjoying it. I'm just, 
I'm ready to move on. <laughs> game game length, well, game length is it's a tricky thing because like I love The Last of Us too, and I talked about this on the podcast, but that game might have overstayed its welcome. It's a it's a it's a delicate balance, I think. Games like that have to have to find, and that game was also particularly difficult. And there was a grind as you're describing with Doom Eternal, so I totally get where you're coming from. Keep us updated. Um, well, I hope to hopefully have it done by next week so that I can just move on to something else, just because I'm ready. Yeah, I think I might be there's might be new video game activity on my horizon soon. I've been sticking with Everspace, but I think that ship is is in the process of sailing. So I guess I'll tack that onto my update and I'll say stay tuned. Tactic, you've been quiet. What do you have for us? So we finally finished up Shit's Creek. That was exciting. I wholeheartedly recommend the show to anyone. Lovable cast and crew. They finished the show right when it was at like the best point to finish it. And just a fantastic show. And I think that's an important lovable piece. cast cast and crew. Yeah. What what made what made the crew lovable on screen? I'm just curious. The crew as in not the main cast, like the supporting actors. Okay, actors. the assembling I wasn't sure if like the boom mic guy was like had a cameo or something. <laughs> but I mean I that mean, happened in the office. We did we also watched Warmest Wishes, Best Regards on Netflix, which is a little like goodbye documentary that they did. So we did see a little bit of the crew because we watched that as well. Which can I just say, I couldn't imagine being on a show for years and years and then okay, we're done. See you guys sometime. Like right. what a heartbreaking career. Well, and then to- you have no job too. It yeah, it's Hollywood's scary that way. I I, t- I totally agree. I have heard great things about. Well, the I, I'm sure they're too. they're okay financially, but like you build these relationships, and it's just like peace. See ya. It would I be like I mean, should online warriors ever end? Like the first few Tuesdays would be like, what am I like? What am I doing? Where what am I supposed to be doing right now? From eight o'clock to eleven o'clock at night. I don't know. I don't know what to do with myself. All right, calm down. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like finances, they're like the boom mic guy might he might be living show to show. I think as far as the cast goes, I think you're probably right that they're 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 doing fine. But it is an interesting business in that in that regard. But yeah, I, I did hear really good things about the documentary. I actually have I watched the pilot episode this past weekend, but I haven't watched any more of it yet. We have kind of a show jam going on over in this household. We finished Lovecraft Country. We've been watching a lot of heavier shows. We haven't had a whole lot of time for Shit's Creek, but my girlfriend loves it. I will definitely be watching it, especially now with your recommendation. And then the other thing I've been working on is finally just editing and finishing up my one month out project, not this coming one, but the following one. So what I mean by that is for those of you who don't know, I try to keep a monthly cadence of a new project so that I can always schedule the previous month's one that I finished on time so that you guys have it at a regular occurrence. So finally finishing up my next one, no spoilers, but you'll probably see spoilers. Say, you're not, you're not going to tease anything. You're just going to say you're, you're just going to say it's coming. It's a network controlled camera. And the okay. name that was given to us by our Patreon subscriber was the NARC. Which stands for, am I testing you? Do you not know off the top of your head? Presumably network something, something camera, but I don't know what the A and the R are. Network actuated remote controlled camera i believe it was oh two c's yeah very cool it's a narc that's great work by our by our fans and followers on that one which by the way that is something i'm starting if you if you become a patreon you have an option to throw an acronym in the fire for my monthly projects and see if it gets picked the hype is real keep us updated and uh who's who's quizzing this week all i know is it's not me because i hosted last week so i'm due to lose this week I no am, problem. in fact, the host today, and I've got a really fun show, and hopefully Tactic doesn't have a little bit of an advantage here, because I know he's been hard at work programming stuff, but so hard. I also know that, Illegal, you do a lot of programming, too, so hopefully you guys are in even playing fields. 
because this week's topic is about programming language. We're nerds. We're I'm not sure hands. how you can do prices right rules. So oh, this excited. is this is going to be prices right rules. I dug and had some really fun times making this quiz. So I think we're going to have tactics start with the first one because I like to give illegal a little bit of a handicap just because you went need, on that bad losing yeah. streak. So I need all the help I can get, yeah. I'll take it. So the first question is: According to the online historical encyclopedia of programming languages, how many programming languages have existed and currently exist? So there's weird variances of one. I, I'm going to assume that the variances count as their own. I'm going to say 48 unique languages. Oh, no. This is this is thousands. I'm going to say 100 to be safe, but it's well over 100. Okay, so illegal, you're right. This is in the thousands. So the online database serves as a roster and a genealogical record of languages, and it lists over 8,945 different programming languages, some dating all the way back to the 18th century. So I know five guys. Five. <laughs> five guys burgers? You're, you're, you're making a really, really good uh, you're making good progress on, on learning all of them. I, I don't think I know five. I think I know like three, four maybe. I'll count later. I'm on the board. All right. Six if you count C and C++. But I just... Those are technically different languages. Yeah, those are they're actually quite different if you get into the nuts and bolts. So I don't want to flag find my nerd flag that hard. <laughs> Our second question actually kind of revolves around C++. Adobe Flash, aka Shockwave Flash, back in the day, was the source of some of the most popular f- online games and was written in C++. When was the initial release of the Adobe Flash player? To play these C plus plus powered games. This was a. Uh, do you just want a year? Yeah, just a year. Nineteen ninety six. Tactic. What do you got for us? Oh, that's a bust. But I'm gonna go low to keep it safe. I'm gonna say nineteen sixty. So tactic, you actually had no shot at this at all. Illegal hit it right on the money. It was released January first, nineteen ninety six. So illegal now Ooh. is leading by two. How? How did you know two. that? Uh, I didn't know it. I just, I used the, I used, the, I touched my matter you used in my the brain Google. and I was like, when did I start playing stupid online games? And it was in the late nineties, my friend. At least All I right. think it was. So moving on from fun online games and kind of thinking about other web codes and how you would represent some stylistic elements on websites. Hex codes are a way to represent colors in coding through hexadecimal mm-hmm. values. How many different possible hex codes exist? I'm just going to say a cool million. If we were like, if we were like computer scientists, this, this would be something that you could probably like easily figure out. It's going to be something that's, it's, you know how things are like 128, 64. It's going to be one of those. No. It's all, I think, it, I, I think you're on something. I think it's probably over a million. <sighs> but I'm going to, there's a big gap. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say 128, even though I know that's wrong. I'm going to just hope it's somewhere between that and a million. All right. So, Tectic gets his first one here. There are 16,777,216 different possible yeah, hex codes it, it, to exist. It doesn't have to do with it. I believe it's six characters. Each one can be a different combination of characters. Right. It's, it's so one of those I, math problems. It's like factorial or... I will actually explain it to you because I actually have the little backstory here. So hex codes are written in a standard six-digit notation, RRGGBB, and each pair can contain 256 different values. So using combination math, that's how you get to the 16 million. So Tactic, you are pretty much right on the money. I mean, a few factors of millions away, but right on the money. 
I mean, I said 128, so I was, I was, I was right in there. Yeah, but <laughs> I knew that it was closer. six, and I knew that it was the combination of all those individual characters. And then you you're know? like, whatever, that's got to be close to a million. <laughs> and I knew because of my tinkering with Tech Tech. Shameless plug. Here's so we have two more real questions and then a bonus question if we need a tiebreaker. So it's two to one. Tech Tech can still be in this thing and win it. So the next question is the C language, not C++, just straight up C, which served as the basics of the Unix operating system was developed by Dennis M. Ritchie, an employee of AT&T, not a sponsor. In what decade did he develop the language? What decade? Boy, there's a large window. The 1960s. Tactic, what you got? It feels like a really good answer. Yeah, I feel like I'm, it's either 60s or 70s. I just go with 70s and hope you're right. You said he worked for AT&T? Yes, he did. And it was the platform for what? The Unix, Unix operating system. I don't know why this is so stressful. I don't want to lose because I feel like if I get this, then I'm just like out of it. I'm not even getting any like hand signs from Nerd Bomber. <laughs> yeah. You don't you're do not that get, here. You're not don't getting your cheat. usual collusion. Um, he's, he's struggling. I'm going to go 1950s because you told me to pick 1970s and I feel like that's... All right. So you should have listened to Illegal. It was indeed the 1970s. So he gets a point here. So it is now... I tried to one. help you, man. <laughs> I tried to help you. So let's I'm make... an angsty teen. I don't listen when people tell me to do something. Won't do it, Dad. So we're going to make this interesting. The last couple of weeks we've done this and made the last question a two-pointer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Let's so let's do, let's do that. What year was the Visual Basic Coding Language released? That was 2000. It was 2000. Okay, you're going late. Is it Visual Basic, the Excel thing? It, it, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say 1990 because I'm just hoping it's before 2000. All right. Oh, final answer? Yeah, yeah. Final answer. Illegal seals the deal here. Microsoft released the language in 1991 to serve as an easy-to-use and to-learn language for applications and software like Excel. So you have taken this one home. As a final little factoid, I'll just tell you guys the answer to the bonus question. Ada Lovelace is considered by many historians to be the first programmer on record, and she was born in 1815, back in them times. I didn't realize the 1990s Excel had macros enabled. Yeah, actually, Visual Basic... So I, I did, I nerded out when I was researching some of this stuff. Visual Basic in its first form actually stopped being supported in 1998. And then they released Visual Basic.net, which is what we all know and love today in Excel. And I say love as a, a broad sense. I don't actually really love it. I love it. Macros are super handy. I'm not sure I've ever used Visual Basic. Or You've never macros done macros? If you ever needed so. to use a, do a calculation that involves like an iterative loop, that is some sexy stuff, I tell you. So that was Gross. our coding quiz. Illegal is the victorious winner. I'm the bigger nerd, y'all. <laughs> that this this in terms of coding, at least this this cemented it. Boy, what what validation for me? You get to host next week, and your losing streak of one week was snapped. So that has to feel good. Uh, but there's actually a losing streak of zero weeks because oh, that's right, yeah. Week. You're gonna that's steal fun. my show next. Tinkering with Stealing illegal. What is, that doesn't even sound good. <laughs> I'll come up with a different title sometime between now and next week. But in the meantime, we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us, as uh, hopefully you always do. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your baby, tell anyone. If you have a baby, they're not going to understand you, but you can just tell them the name of the podcast. Put Don't little you want them in their to ears. be nerd-cultured little babies? Right. I do. And we'll, we'll call them online babies. <laughs> we'll, shout, we'll shout them all out in, the, in our next episode. Seriously, though, thanks, everyone, for watching. You can hit us up on uh, the Twitter 
at the handles we mentioned before, the Twitter, not Twitter, the Twitter. It's a different site. And uh, of course, you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well. But in the meantime, we thank everyone for joining us and we'll talk at y'all next week.